Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk, presented by Kirk Stenge of Stenge Law Firm, PC. Stenge Law Firm is a family law firm in the St. Louis metro area, with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stenge. Welcome to Family Law Talk. This is Kirk Stenge, and today we have an interesting topic on Family Law Talk. The topic is use of parent coordinators, which is a growing area in terms of family law, and that is a topic here today. We're going to get into that here in just a minute, but I'll state, as I always do, that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements, and that the information you obtain in this episode today is general in nature, and it may not apply to specific factual or legal circumstance. Therefore, if you need legal counsel, you should definitely consult an attorney who's licensed and competent to practice law in your specific jurisdiction. All right, so again, the topic is use of parent coordinators, and we have an article on this topic, blog, familylawheadquarters.com. The date of the article is February 10th, 2015, and the title of the article is Can a Parent Coordinator Help? And so as a follow-up to the episode today, you can definitely go to uh, Family Law Headquarters, uh, read the article itself, definitely an interesting article. Uh, but let's talk about it, and let's try to break it down in a little bit of detail for the listeners. <clears throat> Obviously, some child custody cases uh, can become problematic from a legal custody standpoint. And, and for those of you that don't know what legal custody is, it means that the decision-making role, in essence, that parents have. So parents have to make all kinds of decisions uh, with each other for their children. And obviously this is true amongst individuals that are still married. But after a divorce... You know, people separate. They have two different households. Uh, theoretically, they're moving on with their life in a different direction. But the reality is, is that if they have kids, there's going to need to be some level of communication between the mom and the dad, as regards all kinds of things. So we're talking medical decisions. So who makes who makes the call? Who makes the decision on medical decisions in terms of schooling? You know, what school does a child attend? Uh, that's a decision that obviously parents have to make. Uh, you get into extracurricular activities. In other words, what type of activities uh, are the kids uh, involved in? And then you're talking about like religion. In other words, what faith, um, uh, what church or synagogue or you name it, mosque. I mean, you have it. What, I mean, what what type of religious services uh, does an individual attend? Uh, and again, in and really in the context of a marriage, this can be difficult for a lot of people. And, in fact, these kinds of decisions are what, in a lot of ways, can cause gaps to begin uh, to occur between husband and wife, which ultimately result in the divorce itself. Um, but certainly after a divorce, you know, these differences that uh, the mom and the dad might have uh, between the two of them in terms of these types of decisions could become greater because at this point they're not in the same household together. Um, they're not living together as husband and wife, and sometimes these little differences can become all of a sudden tremendously magnified, you know, after separation itself. And uh, that is kind of uh, uh, the the problem as a result of family law cases. It's just, I mean, who gets to make the call? Who gets to make the decision? Obviously, uh, you know, this issue can be heavily, heavily litigated in terms of uh, a family law case, um, and, and certainly. After divorce takes place, like I said, these issues can become magnified. They can become greater. So, you know, most cases what the court is doing is is making a decision in terms of joint legal custody 
now versus sole legal custody. And uh, in joint legal custody, what's supposed to happen is both parents are supposed to confer with one another, they're supposed to discuss the issue, and then ultimately they're supposed to agree on decisions affecting their children. So that would be joint legal custody. Uh, as it relates to sole legal custody, what that means is that if the parties can't agree, then one party, either mom or dad, ultimately gets the final say. And so in lots of custody cases, I mean, that's really uh, the choice that's out there for the judge, is, is if the parties can't agree, then in, in these cases, the judge has to make a determination in terms of, you know, is it joint legal custody, is it sole legal custody? Now, uh, uh, the reality is, is, is most courts sort of start with a presumption or as a starting point, if you will, of joint legal custody, which means uh, the parents have to agree. And in circumstances where it's gotten so bad, where it gets so severe, uh, where no decisions can be made, uh, that you know, those are the cases where courts oftentimes pick one parent to have sole custody. Uh, and it also might be situations where a parent has made bad decisions in their own lives. In other words, uh, you know, if the parent has been in legal trouble, if they've got substance abuse problems, if there's domestic violence, you know, then maybe they end up on the short end of a stick on, on legal custody with the other parent having legal custody. But see, this becomes all or nothing, and this is where the idea of parent quarters come come in. So, you know, courts are kind of faced with this black or white solution, if you will, one extreme to the other extreme, which is, you know, the parents have to agree. Well, a lot of parents can't agree. Uh, if they could agree, they might not be getting divorced in the first place, right? And so then you go to the other extreme and you pick one parent, <clears throat> to make these decisions for the kids over the other parent, well, then the other parent, who might be a very good parent, might be a very good person, uh, I mean, really as a whole, but now they're on the short end of the stick on a legal custody uh, matter, and all of a sudden they're, I mean, they have really, at the end of the day, no real say, no real input in terms of, uh, in terms of how their kids are going to be raised, uh, in terms of all these different things we talked about. Uh, in terms of discipline, even discipline can be a big issue. In terms of how to discipline kids, parents can have starkly different uh, uh, parents can have starkly different viewpoints in terms of how to discipline their kids. And so courts get stuck in this position of picking. So in comes this idea of parent coordinators, and uh, and it's a good idea in a lot of respects. Um, very helpful in lots of cases. Uh, the reality is, is not statutory authority in lots of states for it. Uh, and including the state of Missouri, uh, where I primarily practice. There's just no statutory authority for it. And so uh, parents have to agree to a parent coordinator for this to happen. So take, again, you, let's say folks go to trial over the issue of custody and they go over to trial over the issue of uh, legal custody. You know, if you go to court and you go to trial, then the judge is kind of stuck picking between joint legal or somebody getting sole legal. So a lot of parents... You know, on an increasing level, or making a decision to have a parent coordinator uh, brought in. And what a parent coordinator does is, in essence, um, resolve the dispute between the parents. So let's say there's a medical decision that has to be made. And let's say the mom and the dad have different viewpoints, but they're just totally unable to compromise with one another in terms of making a decision. Well, if the parties agree to have a parent coordinator, then they would bring this matter to the parent coordinator uh, in essence, you know, they're both giving an opportunity you know, to say their piece, uh, to explain their position uh, to the parent coordinator, uh, but then the parent coordinator ultimately uh, makes a call in terms of how that decision is going to be resolved at the end of the day. So they, they kind of assume a role of arbitrator, if you will. 
uh, where they make the decision and where they make the call at the end of the day. So all these difficult decisions, you know, medical, school, you know, religion, extracurricular activities, and you name it, uh, if a parent coordinator is put into play, they can ultimately uh, make that final call for the parents, which, you know, which can be helpful in a lot of cases where really both the parents are pretty good parents. At the end of the day, they're pretty reasonable people. They're just unable to agree uh, with the other parent. And, of course, this is very different than mediation, for example. I mean, mediation, the parties go to a mediator to try to resolve the dispute between the two of them, but a mediator cannot make the final decision. A mediator can just make recommendations. A mediator can try to get the parties talking, try to help forge a middle ground, but at the end of the day, if there's no middle ground, there's no middle ground, and the mediator can't make the parties do anything. Uh, a parent coordinator, on the other hand, if the parties agree to the parent coordinator, they become kind of a role of, as an arbitrator, if you will. Uh, they're able to make that final decision uh, uh, if the parents agree to the to the parent coordinator to begin with. Now, in terms of how this works, I mean, generally speaking, in court, a court order has to be entered that the parties both agree to a parent coordinator. And now these parent coordinators' uh, orders uh, can vary from jurisdiction and state to state. So obviously, a consultant attorney who's licensed and competent to practice on your specific jurisdiction. But generally speaking, uh, the parties agree to a specific parent coordinator on the front end. Right, so they're normally given a list of parent coordinators that are out there, and they agree to somebody in particular to use, and they might even set up a scenario where you know if one person's unable to do it, then here's the the first alternate, and here's a second alternate, if you will, or the order can can list one person and indicate theoretically that if that person's unable to do it. Um, then there would be some other mechanism for for appointing a replacement parent coordinator. It might be a deal where the parents then have to agree on somebody else. Theoretically, the judge could pick if the parties agree to that. Um, and then the other thing that's generally in the parent coordinator order is a time frame. So how long is this parent coordinator going to have the authority of this role? Um, you know, some folks stipulate that until the youngest child becomes an emancipated, in essence, or an adult, uh, this parent coordinator order will, will, in essence, remain in effect. Uh, some parent coordinator orders might set forth a lower time frames, like maybe they're going to do this for a year or two years, uh, you name it. So you're going to have this mechanism in terms of how long uh, this order stays into effect. And then lastly, you know, this is the probably the biggest drawback to a parent coordinator for a lot of folks is the parent coordinator obviously has to get paid. They don't do this work for free. And so, uh, obviously, the good part about a parent coordinator order can be, look, it can, it can keep you out of court. It can help uh, make it such that you don't have to continually pay money on attorney fees uh, through going to court on motions to modify, motions for contempt, uh, and, and so on and so forth. But on the flip end, the parent coordinator gets paid as well. So the more disputes there are, the more issues that have to be resolved, Obviously, that parent coordinator bill uh, can, I mean, in essence, continue to increase. But again, on the flip end, you stay out of court. And then, probably most important, you know, if the parents are able to at least work together with a parent coordinator, that's good for the kids because it's not a good thing for the kids in any kind of general sense uh, where the parents are continually in court litigating. Obviously, that raises tension, uh, that raises animosity. And so if the parents are able to work together with a parent coordinator, that can be a very good and a very beneficial thing. 
obviously, again, the key point is a court can't make people agree to a parent coordinator in terms of the laws in Missouri and really a lot of states. So obviously, again, consult an attorney in your specific state if you're interested in the idea of a parent coordinator. Uh, but this is sort of a new and innovative approach to custody cases where parents are just not able to agree for whatever reason. It's definitely something to consider, definitely something to think about. Uh, parent coordinators can help in high-conflict cases. I've seen it through the years. Uh, can be a helpful tool, can help take away kind of this all-or-nothing approach where it's either joint legal custody uh, with Really, at the end of the day, the parents are never able to agree because one person will veto everything. Or on the flip end, you give one parent sole legal custody, then the other parent feels like they have uh, no input, uh, no say. And, and then that theoretically can cause a lot of parents to want to go back to court to try to change it or to check out because they feel as if they're on the outside looking in. So definitely an interesting topic, definitely something to think about for the folks in high-conflict custody cases. Uh, definitely a tool in the toolbox that can be useful in uh, lots of child custody cases out there. And, uh, again, I'd encourage the listeners to go to familyheadquarters.com, uh, read the article that we have uh, on that uh, blog titled, Can a Parent Coordinator Help? Definitely an interesting topic. So thanks for all the listeners for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stenge. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today.